You are listening to the Overflow Podcast, a ministry of First Denton. For more information on Overflow, please visit overflowdenton.org. Jesus, 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 there's just something about that name, Master. Savior Jesus, like the fragrance after the rain. Jesus, Jesus, you feel it? Jesus, let all heaven and earth proclaim. Kings and kingdoms, they will pass away. But there's something about, I know something about. Yes, there's something about that name. Something about the name of Jesus. I got to raise a question because many of us miss him due to the fact that we're surrounded by distractions. If you're sitting on a road next to a distraction, don't look at them. Blink at me right quick. Blink at me. <laughs> They're all around. And I posed the question the last time I was privileged to be here at Overflow. I got to ask you this year, anybody have battles and struggles in 2017? See your hands all over the building. Don't fool me now. I could go back to my house, look in the mirror, have a great conversation. (laughs) But I want to be honest. I want to be forthright. I want to be transparent in this room. There are battles and struggles all in this house. Everybody goes through them. But I stopped by on my way to heaven to give you a tidbit. I am commanded. I am poised. I am determined. I just want to share with you principles of godly character that will help you get through any battle and any struggle. Now look at the distractions on either side. Any battle, (laughs) any struggle. That's a power made perfect where we're weak and we come to this time of meeting, not accidentally. You didn't just come to find a bad mama jamma or a handsome hunk. You're in this room, not just to escape the fact you got a test tomorrow. You are here to discover truth. And the last time I checked the Holy Writ, the truth will set you free. And whom the son is set free. He or she is free indeed. If you believe that, tell your face. I'm free, and I'm free indeed. But there are still battles and there are still struggles that are all about us. So when you look deep, I found something out. To develop godly character that will help you overcome any battle and any struggle, you need to know that there are some tailor-made attacks with your name on it. What's bothering the person next to you is not necessarily what you're going through, but by the end of tonight, you're not gonna look like what you've been through. I'm the only one excited. Here's the deal. The Bible says, watch this, we can be just like Jesus. 
That escaped 55 of y'all. Let me say this. <laughs> Jesus follows what the Bible says because he is the word made flesh, walking on every pew through every row and skipping over those who want nothing with him and getting to those who are salivating for the more of him. Jesus says, not only can you be like me, but greater works can you do than those which I accomplish walking on planet Earth. That's the Bible. That's Jesus. I say, chop the thunder, impossible. <laughs> impossible. How can, how in the world? The Bible says be like Jesus, and then Scripture tells us we can do greater works, and then I look at me, and I discover somebody stepped out of line in the greater works department. You have to understand it's an impossibility because we fall so short on even simple New Year's resolution. Drive the speed limit. Who flunked? Let me see your hands already. You made a resolution, I'm going to go to speed limit this year, and you've been running past stop signs ever since. Somebody else, I'm not the only one, don't text and drive. My wife will wake up out of a cold sleep in the passenger seat and say, stop texting and drive. I mean, it's that kind of experience. Y'all wrong for that, ladies, for getting on our last nerve. But the challenge in the world... Greater works when you struggle with having three helpings. When you promise I'm only going to have one this year at the taquito. The challenge in the word says to me that I have to pass up some things that are distractions, those things which so easily beset me and take off heavy baggage and run the race that is before me. And Jesus says, you don't have to just run. You can run like I run. And you don't have to just run, but you can run greater. And you don't have to just run and run greater, but that you could be those who exceedingly, abundantly, above all you could ask, think, or imagine, perform the works of him who sent you while it is daytime, because night comes when no man can work. So you need what I have to offer you tonight. And, and I'm here to give it to you. You've got to grab hold of this in Ephesians chapter 6. Run to that chapter of Scripture in the crispy section of your Bible. The letter to the church at Ephesus, the sixth chapter. I wanna tell you this, I am determined to let you in on this secret. And I stopped by to give you kingdom principles designed to help us develop godly character no matter what the battle or the struggle. I gave you time to find Ephesians. Here's what chapter six, verse 10 through 13 says, finally, be strong in the Lord and in the strength of his might. Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the schemes of the devil. For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the cosmic powers over this present darkness, against the spiritual forces of evil in heavenly places. Therefore, take up the whole armor of God that you may be able to withstand in the evil day and having done all to stand, stand firm, therefore. Did you catch that? So here's what I want to hip you to. The person on your right and left is really not the problem. You're not wrestling flesh and blood. I know you thought they were, because you've been hit with halitosis instead of hallelujah. <laughs> you ever been around bad breath, and hey, and when, and worshiping, and, and everything said to you is a disturbance of the atmosphere? It's an aromatherapy you don't want to know better? And God said, that's not the problem. 
It's not who didn't get here that you thought would come because they promised they'd be at overflow as your guest. It's not the folk that are back home that are full of dysfunction. Every time you go to the family reunion, you say, that's my problem right there. <laughs> no, you don't wrestle against flesh and blood. The Bible just described to us in Ephesians 6, there are principalities and powers of wickedness in heavenly places that are out to eat you alive and break you in half. Who in the world feels that in here? But I got something for you. I got a key that will help us in the midst of warfare. This is not just a scrimmage. You're not just going into a battle where you can fight in this wise. You are up against ropes. You are in the midst of the throws. There are brothers serving coffee and hot chocolate tonight who will tell you there's a real enemy. And the enemy is here to kill, steal, and destroy you. But here is not just good news, but Tony the Tiger. Great news. <laughs> when I think of warfare, I'm reminded of medieval knights. Yet the role of a medieval knight is not what you bargained for it to be. It's not what you thought it would be. The role of medieval knights, check this out, is not a warrior, but a role model. Medieval knights were designed to lead in serving the king. They were called upon in commitment and in vow to be those who led the community, who led in inspiration. That's why people in 2018 are still being knighted today. Explore Miss Mexican Whatever they do, they're being knighted today. And then I was introduced to a story in an English magazine, and the English magazine asked the question, why are Christian men such wimps? And I thought about it as I read, and here was the conclusion. The conclusion was, we are so compromised morally that we cannot lead. When I go home following you, when I look beyond the veil, you're here raising holy hands with the wood and with the Wagner. But when you go from this place, you live like a hellion. You live like everybody else. You look just like the world. And the scripture says, enough! We're in a warfare, we're in a fight, and you're giving the enemy ammunition to kill, steal, and destroy. So why are we such Christian wimps? I agree 100% that we are moral failures. So an illustration comes to mind, and it's of Robert the Bruce of Scotland. Robert the Bruce was so beloved that when he died, he asked his knight, Douglas, to take his heart, encase it, and then take it to the Holy Land. And Douglas the Knight loved Robert the Bruce to such a degree that he said, I will do whatever you want for me to do. He encased the heart, put it on a necklace, and then went to war to take it to the Holy Land. Now watch this, overflow. They got in a battle with the troops and they began to lose. So naturally they retreated. And then Robert the Bruce's heart and the love that was dedicated to him came to mind in all of the army of Scotland. And here's what Douglas the Knight said to those retreating men. He said, stop, lead on brave heart. Took off the heart, threw it over the enemy's front line and then said to each of his men, go fight for the heart of your king. And they stopped retreating. They loved him so much they forged ahead. Can you see him? 
and they hit the front line and were able to take the heart to the Holy Land, Jerusalem, as was desired. Now it's encased in a location and buried in a grave commemorating in Melrose Abbey, Scotland, the life of Robert the Bruce. Here's my first principle. You need to write this down. In order to have godly character that will help you in any battle and any struggle, you need to develop the kind of character that fights for the heart of a king who is worthy of such a fight. So here's the question. Who in the room is ready to fight for the heart of God? He's worthy. All the praise. That's not a name like the name of Jesus representing the King of kings and the Lord of lords anywhere. And because he is, we're able to face our tomorrows. Because he is, 2017 did not destroy us. He gave us 2018 to get it together together. Because he is, we are able to mount on wings of an eagle, run, not be weary, walk and not faint. Are you fighting for the heart of the right king? And if you are, why? And if you are not, tonight you need to ask, why aren't I? Here's the truth. I feel unworthy to fight for his heart. I feel as if I've fallen and I couldn't get up. So how could I ever be one who fights for his heart? I feel as if I've missed the mark. I promise I wouldn't cuss again, and then somebody cut me off on 35 West. <laughs> and oop, there it is. How in the world can I fight for the heart of the king because I too often live like a Christian wimp? Look at your neighbor and just ask him, is he talking to you? Help me preach this message tonight. Because if the shoe don't fit, don't wear it. Somebody said you must have quit. Don't wear the shoe. I feel so often so ungodly and so unworthy. But here's the problem. It is line dweller. Say line dweller. We got that kind of mentality that keeps us on a line where we ask the question, what can I get away with? Anybody know some college students like that? How far can I push the envelope and not cross the line? It is the halakha, H-A-L-A-K-H-A-H. I'll say it again, H-A-L-A-K-H-A-H. Halakha, line dweller. It's a rule follower, you know him. Those that say you didn't slow down completely for a stop. Those who say you're supposed to put on your blinker every time. You buckle your seatbelt, <laughs> click it. You know, <laughs> it is those individuals like the Jewish law abiders who look at the rules and argue the rules instead of fighting the enemy that comes to crush us as we follow the rules. The word challenges me because a student asked his youth minister, I found a girl. Hercules, Hercules. <laughs> and I got a question. How far can I go and it be okay? And the youth minister said to him in wise words this response. If you've not got one, don't touch her. Oh, y'all will catch that tomorrow at lunch. That was good. If you ain't got one, stop touching theirs. That's a good rule of thumb. Some of y'all are too close right now, and that ain't yours. <laughs> Don't touch this. I mean, that is the moral of the story. The line dweller asks, how far can I push the limit and it be okay? 
But here is the good news. There are a cloud dweller in our midst. If Halakha is a line dweller, cloud dwellers are Haggadah, H-A-G-G-A-D-A-H. The Haggadah is the story behind the law. It is the spirit of the law. And when we continue in line dwelling mentality, we miss the mark that God has assigned for us. Sometimes, is my point, we obey the rules and miss the whole point. Anybody? Go to Hebrews chapter 5. Verse 12 through 14 will unlock the mystery. When you find it, say amen. In Hebrews chapter 5, the word says in verse 12, For though by this time you ought to be teachers, you need someone to teach you again. The basic principles of the oracles of God. You need milk, not solid food. For everyone who lives on milk is unskilled in the word of righteousness, since he is a child. But solid food is for the mature, for those who have their powers of discernment trained by constant practice to distinguish good from evil. How often do you obey rules based on the scripture and miss the whole point? Anybody in here married? Let me see your hand. You ever say I do and then you didn't? You missed the point. Anybody in the room, I'm asking for a friend, began to do the halakha where you say, can I drink and get a tattoo in that order? Is it okay, God? How many in the room will ask, how many times do I have to forgive her? Is it seven times? And then Jesus says 70 times seven. Someone else is asking, we caught this woman in adultery. What do we do with her, Jesus? It's a line-dwelling questionnaire. And Jesus responds, where to do? I see the woman. And so we push the envelope, and we want to get close, but we miss the spirit of the law. And when we're asking drink and tattoo, tattoo and drink, what we don't get is a black and white answer from God. He does not always tell us what to think, but he's faithful to tell us how to think. The spirit of the living God is in this place, and he's anointed me to preach the gospel, to set at liberty those who are captive in here, and to give sight to the blind, line dwellers. Let me ask it this way. How do you hypnotize a chicken? Anybody know? You put the beak on the, and you draw the line, and it's stuck. How many of us know more about hypnotizing chickens than we do the Bible? We can nail it to the, I'm not attacking you, I'm just saying. She's like, I'm out. No, I'm not trying to. But we know how she nailed it, boy. You put the chicken beak on it, and then you draw them. It's a gunk. Question, how do you hypnotize a Christian? You put his face to a line, draw the line, and say, don't budge. <laughs> so I'm challenged because I want to introduce you to a little video clip. It helps the gospel become alive for us tonight. Differentiating the Holocaust from the Haggadah calling us from just the letter of the law to know the spirit of the law. And when you look at this little clip from the movie Kingdom of Heaven, you're going to discover, bless you, that there is a king who knights his son. Check it out.
can go no further. without fear in the face of your enemies. Be brave and upright that God may love thee. Speak the truth always, even if it leads to your death. Safeguard the helpless and do no wrong. That is your oath. And that's so you remember it. That means that you are to march to the beat of a different drum. You're to march in a military rank to keep in step, to uphold and to conform for the success of the mission. A father knights his son and gives him the vow that he must keep. What is the second principle then if we're to fight for the heart of a king who's worthy the principle, too, that you must take into the innermost chamber of your very soul is that you bow the knee to fight for a cause that is much greater than you are. Anybody? You're settling for less than God's best, and he says, I'm calling you, all of you, come unto me, those who are weary of the battle, who need rest from the struggle, and I will give both to you. Rest, exhale, take my yoke upon you, learn of me. I've got the things that you need. The recipe book is in hand, and you will have a yoke upon you that is not heavy, but it is light, and I'm calling you to know there's rest for your soul. On the count of three, breathe in. One, two, three. Exhale. That's the call. That you don't leave here the same way you came in. You don't leave here with a question mark and a bubble over your head. You've come to determine who's the king that's much greater than those I found in this earthly realm and the people that I've relied on and depended on because I'm a millennial who appreciates my peers. And God says, if you hang with turkeys, you'll never soar with eagles. Bow the knee. Because no one can truly stand except they get on their knee in order to be humbled before the mighty hand of God. And he will exalt you in due season if you faint not. Let the church say amen. But I got another clip to show you. Because when you get principle in your spirit, do you know those who bought a vehicle mobile and they thought it was the only make, the only model, the only color that was existing on the planet Earth? Then they drove off the lot. 
Everybody has that same make, that same model, that same color. That's what principles do. When you're marching in military rank to uphold and to conform to a standard and a mission that is greater than yourself, you're going to see principle all around you. Everywhere you go, you're going to see integrity. You're going to see character. And then you're going to determine, am I one that's fighting the good fight of faith, or have I settled for less than God's best? Bend the knee. A lot of you haven't bent the knee in a long time. And at the close of this service, with permission, Zach, I'm going to invite you to come and determine, will I fight for the heart of the King of Kings? I'm going to invite you to come and determine, have I bowed the knee to that which glorifies God, or am I one that just looks like everybody else on the campus? Everybody else on the block. Everybody else in religiosity. So I say to you, look at this next clip from the same movie, because after being knighted, there is a call for you to get as contagious as a yawn. If I just say yawn, it's over. Some of y'all already beat me to the punch. And if I demonstrated one, it's contagious. So check out this second scene. One has clay. All have clay. That is blasphemy. Be quiet. We defend this city. Not to protect these stones, but the people living within these walls. My lord! My lord! My lord! How are we to defend Jerusalem without knights? We have no knights! Truly. What is your condition? I am servant of the Patriarch. That is uh, one of my servants. Is he? You were born a servant. Neil. Every man at arms, or capable of bearing them. Kneel! On your knees! Be without fear in the face of your enemies. Be brave and upright that God may love thee. Speak the truth. Even if it leads to your death. Safeguard the helpless. That is your oath. And that is so you remember it. Rise a knight! Rise a knight! Blast the grave digger. It is you, not what I was, nor are you. Rise a knight. Who do you think you are? Will you alter the world? Doesn't making a man a knight make him a better fighter? Yes. Woo. 
Y'all ready to go out? I need a volunteer. No. <laughs> making a man a knight, make him a better fighter, survey says. Does making a man a woman a Christian make him or her a better fighter? The word of God says absolutely, positively, yes. Challenge. When you fight for the heart of the king and when you bow the knee, is that you learn that knights were not the warrior fighters we've reduced them to be. But they were those who led out by example, those who were an illustration of humility and servanthood. And when you become those who witness that the king knights his son and the son knights everybody else who will decide to bend the knee. You ought to be so set ablaze and contagious that folk recognize there's something different about you, that you fight in a different way. And it's not with mounting arms, and I know how, I'm from the hood of San Antonio, Texas. But it's you knowing how to love in such a way that love covers a multitude of sins and love casts out the fear that you entered this room possessing. And when you have love for God and beside him there's no other, then you will know how to love from vertical to horizontal and you won't walk around upset all the time, depressed, depraved, disillusioned, defeated. He's not called you to be those who are always with lips stuck out like a diving board, looking like you've not had a victory to your name. He's called you to be more than conquerors through Christ who gives you strength. Where are the knights in the room? Where are the knightesses? If a man won't go, there ought to be a woman to say, here I am, Lord, send me. I mean, you ought to be able to know that you're called to something greater. Look at it in John chapter 4. I'm trying to hurry, but my soul is happy. In John chapter 4, verse 23 through 24, the word of the Lord says, but the hour is coming and is now here when the true worshipers will worship the Father in spirit and in truth. For the Father is seeking such people to worship him. God is spirit, and they that worship him must worship him, how? In spirit and in truth. God gave Jesus a mandate, a commission, and he possesses it and then passes it on to us so that we're his plan A. Look at your neighbor and say, there's no plan B. You're it. And when you take hold of this call to keep this charge to go forward, and to press toward the mark for the prize of the high calling, which is in Christ Jesus. Not that any of us have already attained it, but one thing we decide tonight is to forget what happened 15 to 20 minutes ago when someone messed up our joy. And take hold of that for which God has arrested us and decide this is the day the Lord has made. I will rejoice and be glad in it. Draw a line in the sand and double dog dare anybody to cross the line. The joy of the Lord is your strength and the joy I have. Listen to me, overflow. The world didn't give it and hallelujah, the world can't take it away. I got the joy, 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 joy down in my heart. Where? Down in my heart. Where? I got the joy, 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 joy down in my heart. And it ain't down there to stay. I'm so happy. I got the love of Jesus in my heart. And so I find that you don't ask a line dweller question. 
You know what you begin to ask? Not drink and tattoo. Not how many times forgive. Not pause to ask what do we do with the woman. The dude gets a pass. No, you begin to ask, what am I doing, God, to care about your reputation? Do you? Pause to say, will this damage your reputation? What I'm about to do in all of my permissive activity, will this glorify your name? What you must know is that you cannot read a book and know the heart of the author until you meet the author. You can't read a text and just assume if you're eavesdropping on somebody else's document that you know the heart of the one who texts. But when you get to know, y'all call Beth Moore if you want to. Security? You don't know Beth Moore, but I've read all of her Bible study curriculum and I've got a stack of them and you're not living one verse. When you know the heart of the author, then you will know what your assignment is and nothing will separate you from the love of God. Nothing high, nothing low, nothing past, nothing present will keep you from being about his business and glorifying him with every move you make and every step you take. I got two brothers here with me, Dan and Joe. Dan asked me on the drive, what is the one thing that is just calling you and that you earnestly struggle with? And I shared without hesitation, radical obedience. I want to obey God without question or varying in degree. I want to give him all of me, because all of me loves all of you, all my curves and all my... <laughs> I got some perfect imperfections, but he gave his all to me, and I give my all to him. When he wins, I'm winning. He is my end and my, yes he is. He's the first, the last, alpha, the omega, beginning, the end. He's a way maker, a mind regulator, bridge over troubled waters. He is my righteous one. He is my redeemer. He is the love of my life. And beside him, there's no other. He is real and a rewarder of those who diligently seek his face. So what do we do when we fight for the heart of that king? What do we do when we finally bend the knee? Number three, you need to build a relationship, not a religion. When I know the author, I'm all up in the relationship. I can tell you the Kool-Aid and the flavor. What breaks the heart of God and what makes his heart go pitter-patter. From Genesis to maps, I've studied this thing. And there are maps at the back of my Bible. I need all of it in betwixt and in between so that I can fight the good fight of faith. And if tonight you will confess, I do not have a relationship. I have lip service. God is saying, come here. And he's not speaking from the porch as a stranger, except you've made him to be a stranger. You ever have somebody say, hey, come here. I don't know you like that. My grandparents, my mom and them taught me never talk to strangers. And that's why you don't have a relationship with God. He's a total stranger. Fight for the heart of the king. Bend your knee so you can stand. Because if you don't stand for something, you'll fall for anything. And then build a relationship. Jesus moves us closer to the heart 
of the author who is God through relationship. He calls on us to have the right relationship with the Redeemer so that we can know beyond a shadow of a doubt that we are his and the beloved is ours. Last thing I need to tell you. Cloud dwellers are what we are called to be because you got to have rules. You must have them to stay within the lines, but the rules can't fix you. If you walk in front of a mirror, it's going to show what defects you have. There's a crust in the eye. There's junk in the trunk. There's Dunlap disease where my belly Dunlap over my belt. Oh, I discover all the pimples before the prom, but I can't take the mirror off the wall and and fix what's broken. But I know one behind the mirror who will fix all the things that go bump in your night, who will cause everything to work together for good to them that love the Lord and who are the called according to his purpose. And what do we do about all of this? Building that relationship, bowing the knee. What do we do when we're fighting for the heart of the king? I'll tell you what you do. Number four, rise a night. Take up the battle cry and stand firm on victory's lane. I'm going to help y'all with this. I don't feel worthy, preacher. I'm uncomfortable walking forward in some kind of service. Uh, uh, nothing magical up here is there today. But it's something about taking a step of faith where you know you are coming out of where you were, which is a no parking zone, to the presence of the Most High, who takes little and makes much when you put it in his hands. Here's what you know. You know that perfect love covers the sin that so easily besets you tonight. I know you're sleeping around and you call yourself prayer partners and all you do is lay hands and speak in tongues. And it ain't from the scripture that I'm referencing. Y'all don't have to invite me back. I'm trying to tell you the truth. <laughs> but in your weakness, he is your And if any man did you hear him to the grave digger? And he said, we're not what we once were. I hope that's your testimony tonight when you leave this place. I came in one way, but I'm leaving a better way. I hope you understand, if any man be in Christ, you are a brand new creature. The old is gone, and behold, baby, all things have become brand spanking new. That gives me joy. That gives me grinning right. And I'm a small smile with all 32 teeth, and you do it with however many you have. Let them know it's a grand offering tonight because you took a life that was worthless and you have given me worth. Yes. What does it mean to rise at night? I'll tell you what it means. No one has to fight for the heart of Robert the Bruce anymore. But when you fight for the heart of King Jehovah, you know the fight is fixed. Come on. Yo, 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 no, no, no. You didn't catch that. When you're fighting for God, the fight is already fixed. I cheated. I read the end of the book. We win! I rise at night because I'm on the Lord's side. And greater is he in me than he that's in the world. I'm already victorious. That's a different kind of fight. Have you ever known you won? If you're not sure, you're like, oh. But when you know, you what? What? You want some of it? Put him up. I mean, you ready? When you know you have the victory in Jesus' name. 
So what do we do? Here's what we do. I'm going to pray. And as I begin to pray, you get to rise at night. But you can't do that respectively with integrity if you have not decided to fight for the heart of the king. You're to be a leader, not compromising your morality. To fight for the heart of the king, you got to bend the and take your assignment and your lumps so you can remember this night. Someone else, you need to come and say, I need a relationship. Anybody honest and say your relationship is questionable with God? Let me see your hand. You're really not sure where you stand? And God says, that's who I'll come here. Whoever that is, come. And I'm inviting you, don't stay there when he says you can know the author. Because I've come seeking to save those who are lost, who are line dwelling, and don't have cloud dwelling heartbeat. Do the rules, but know why you do them. And it's to give the re reputation of God the kind of due that it deserves. Someone else, I need to get up. I've been sucker punched. But what you're looking at as our worship team comes is a weeble that wobbles, and I don't stay down. When the enemy hits you, you ought to be able to come back up. <laughs> Y'all know those blow-up toys? <laughs> Seen that? Toys are rough. You punch it. I've been oopsed upside the head, but I am not defeated. I have God on my side. Thank you for listening to the Overflow Podcast. Please feel free to download and share with friends. We ask that you do not alter any of the previous content in any way. For more information about Overflow, feel free to visit us online at overflowdenton.org.